My name is Sarah, and I play the Elven Druid Moreland Day Lightglass, and this is Advantage. Last episode, Grimton and Ellers were sent on a mission by the Deva and Canis to find the tools missing from the Pandominion's worksite in the forest. The pair stumbled across a place of power dedicated to the primal spirit the Great Watcher, where the druid named Andri warned them of the dangers that the Pandominion would inevitably bring to the land. Continuing on their mission, Grimton and Ellers found more evidence of the sprites tampering, but none of the tools that they were searching for. Revealing themselves after long last, Alric, a squadron leader of the Warden Scout, and Morlinde, the presiding druid of Isitalos, escorted them back to the Pandominion's camp. Suddenly, as if from nowhere, a fire broke out, and as the flames began to consume everything around them, and Canis gave the party orders to run south to Isitalos in order to warn them of the threat. And that's where we will pick up. So you are running before you fires crashing behind you and it is already so scorching that it's burning the nape of your neck as you charge down the grade south and try to follow the survey markers. You're running not only to save yourself, but also out of a noble heroism to save the city. Um, you know that while diving into the Charmed River would protect you from the flames, the fire is moving at such a pace that any hesitation means that Isitalos burns. I want everybody to roll for initiative. Ooh, skill challenge. <laughs> I got 17. I, I rolled the number seven. What's the, what modifier is it? Dex. Dex mod. My dex mod is good. I got a nine. Uh, if my dexterity is 16, my mod is... Three. Four. Four? No, it or should it be, be four. It'd be three. three. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Six then... Six divided by two. Yeah, I rolled a ten. Okay. I rolled a six. <laughs> Way to be a fighter. <laughs> so this isn't going to be a classic fourth edition Rodrigo Lopez from Critical Hit skill challenge. I did shout try out. my best. <laughs> yep, shout out. I did trans do my best to try to translate um, those rules to fifth edition, but I just couldn't figure out how to work it the same way. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to make checks based on beating this wall of flame to Issa Talos. Okay. Um, which means physical based checks uh, like in endurance and constitution uh, constitution rules and athletic checks and all that. But if you would like to do an information based check instead uh, like if you want to roll Arcana for example you 
would have to risk at this point undetermined saving throw. So the the point of the saving throw on information based check is that you'll there's a risk you'll gain knowledge about what's happening, but you don't know what's going to happen to you physically. Like you're you're taking a moment to, of hesitation and not focusing to who knows what's going to happen in the meantime. A certain number of failures is going to result in consequences, and a certain number of successes is going to give you some positive results. Uh, also, every round, I'm going to need you to make a DC 12 con save against the right. fire. Top of this round is Morlinde. What would you like to do? You're running south of Isatalos as quick as you can. Extremely hot wall of flame behind you. <laughs> I am going to use um, nature to um, use my knowledge of the forest and just essentially not trip on things um, because I'm quick on my feet and I know um, I know this area and I know the forest. Sure, sounds good. I'll count that as a physical Then I rolled a 12. Plus. You said the DC is 12, right? Oh, DC is 12? Uh, DC on the con save is 12. Oh, okay. DC for, for others is a little higher. Okay. Okay, so I'm I am using my D twenty. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah, you yeah, are the, able to what we have to crawl. easily just chart the path. You can tell where the grade of uh, or the the natural path south is, um, and you're you're doing fine. Stand clear of the brush and a coppice beneath the trees. Um, next on the list, Arik. I have a somewhat less knowledge of. Well, I know I have a pretty good knowledge of the area, but I'm also fairly agile creature, so I'm like. Sort of running and hopping and doing this with uh, a fair amount of acrobatics. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing flashy, just enough to like keep me well clear of fire. Yeah, this is more of a nimbleness rather than a show-offness. Right. Stay in line on your toes. Unfortunately, those toes are a little heavier than uh, than I would like because I rolled a solid five. Ooh. <laughs> Auric, not known for light toes. You've got to take off these boots of steel. <laughs> um, I'm going to need you to take four damage. That's like half my life. Okay. Elris. Um, okay, I would also like to use nature. Okay. Um, sort of in a similar way, like just kind of feeling the forest and feeling akin to it. Um, yeah, natural yeah. path sort of stuff. Right. Trail running. The hippest new sport. Parkour? That's a 12. Major parkour. What was that? Sorry. 12. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you aren't quite able to uh, keep up with Morlinda as she's tracking through the forest. Um, though you go for the same path, your reactions just aren't quite as quick, and you're not able to... Um, easily slip between the trees at the same rate that she is just because you're not there. And so you're going to take uh, a single point of damage. Just to clarify that the way that I envision hit points and damage isn't actually like physical damage all the time. It's also like stamina and how much you're able to mentally and physically be present during whatever encounter you're in. Um, So like you could lose 10 points of damage because somebody stepped you during a sword fight and though they didn't cut into you it threw you off enough to where right. uh, like okay. the rest of your encounter was that dead so that's what this 
single point of damage kind of represents. Not necessarily you were burned. Mm -hmm. Grimton, you're up. So Grimton's having a bad day. He had to meet new people. He didn't get to stretch his good leg before he started running. He's gonna, I guess, roll the equivalent of whatever endurance is in this edition. Let's roll for athletic. For, oh good, for a whopping 10. Oh god. Uh, so your endurance isn't doing too high. <laughs> uh, and you're going to take, ooh, four damage. Thank god you're the tank, eh? Hey. All right, so now I need to make a, have everybody make a uh, constitution saving throw. Oh, this is bad. I rolled six. If, you're, if your constitution is eight, that's a minus one, right? <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> I rolled also a six. <laughs> <laughs> 17 for me. Oh, it's, it's a big old nope. Yeah. What was yours, uh, Grimton? 17. Oh. Dang. Praise the uh, Grimton, despite your like being amputated um, and your inability to necessarily run quickly, you're hoofing it while everybody else is uh, <laughs> suffering from exhaustion due to the smoke and the heat. And I'm going to need to have everybody who failed take one point of damage. Joe, I just need you to be aware. Uh-huh. That you're down to five now? Four. Uh, Moreland Day, back to you. Use acrobatics to uh, jump around and get around stuff. All right, you're staying nimble out on your feet, huh? Yeah, all of that. Okay, spirits. Oh, yeah. 17. Yeah, you have no problem just uh, dodging all these branches, all the low-hanging branches and uh, coppice on the ground. Your line, if people are following behind you, is pretty difficult to, uh, to mimic, but you're doing fine. Good job. Sorry, y'all. Um, all right. Up to you. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, um, in light of, like, the stress that I am now experiencing, survival training instincts are going to kick in, and I was gonna roll a survival roll. Would that, would that work for this? Can you justify, uh, how that's helping you get to Isotalus? You know how when something is happening and your, your brain just goes into survival mode and you can, like, tunnel vision focus on your task and like make your body like an adrenaline rush yeah like an adrenaline rush yeah yeah sounds good Woo! 21 oh 21 boom got it yeah so you're you've accessed that internal flow and you're taking in all this information from the forest and you're not processing it really you're just reacting it's very uh, primal and innate and instinctual. All of your, all of your uh, training as a ranger is just kicking in, and you are booking it, and it's incredible to behold. Uh, very admirable. Elris. Okay, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to use Arcana. Earlier we mentioned that the force was going at an unnatural, almost magical pace. I want to kind of try to examine the, the fire a little more closely. Like, just take a second kind of gather some information so that way whenever we get to Isotalus we'll have more of a more information to work with. Sounds perfect. Go ahead and roll that for me. That's going to be an 18. Awesome. So these flames do not behave like the ones uh, in the spells of the Weaver School. These, This fire certainly has some sort of life force behind it. However, that's not the same life force that you would see in like an elemental, uh, a fire elemental or anything like that. Um, so this isn't conjured flame, this isn't flame from the chaos in the plane below. 
this is something unique that you haven't really experienced before. As you're as you're glancing around, trying to like uh, attune your arcane energies to this to this fire and, and discover what it is, uh, your foot catches on something. Uh, save yourself with a dexterity saving throw. That's just a ten. Just a ten. Go ahead and take a point of damage. Okay. Um, Grimton, what you got for us? So, I guess sort of realizing that this fire is behaving a little awkwardly, that having just run past his party despite his uh, amputation, Grimton's <laughs> feeling kind of confident. <laughs> Good. <laughs> He's going to roll an investigation check to try to check out, like, what's okay. going on in the forest around him. For a crit fail! Woo! Oh, no. Things are looking at <laughs> I feel like you kind of like you turned to look and got hit in the face by a branch or something like uh, <laughs> so as you turn around a flaming trunk from the fire spreading on all of the sides just crashes in front of you and you fall over it uh, you're going to take a point of damage and um, go ahead and roll a, or a, a strength saving roll um to quickly get up from it. It could be Dex, but I'm going to count enough strength for this. Perfect. So you, you fall over, but you're extremely resilient, and uh, you're able to hop back up and just continue booking it. You don't let it phase you for long. Um, we are finished with that round. Everybody give me a con save. Man, I had such a cool thing I was going to do next. <clears throat> I rolled a 16, Joe. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, two. <laughs> um, everybody else, you're doing okay. Uh, however, Morlinde, uh, gonna need you to take a point of damage, please. Okay. And then it's also your turn. Oh, so oh, I do get to do the cool thing. Okay. Um, so what I'd like to do is um. Even though I did just get hurt, I'm still pretty far up, right? I'm kind of in front of everybody other than maybe Grimton. Yeah. Um, At this point, like, it's not it's not as though you're staying in a line. You guys are just all we're running just going in the same forward. direction, right? Yeah. Could I use a cantrip right now? Do you think that would be okay? Uh, sure. Okay. If you explain what it is. Okay. So, um, I can uh, pluck a plant that has thorns from anywhere in the forest that is not on fire yet, which I see and do grab, and create from it, with my cantrip, a big, long, like, gross, thorny, like, tree thing. Like, think, like, giant stem that has, like, a diameter of, like, a foot. It's like a big, gross, thorny uh, limb thing. And it can be ridiculously long. What I'd like to do with that is uh, basically throw it behind us and give the fire something to eat for a second while we get ahead of it. Okay, let it willingly consume something? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, is this Thorn Whip? Thorn whip? This is Thorn Whip. Add all your spell mod. 13. 13? Uh, that does it. That does it? Cool. Sweet. Yeah. I do this awesome, that. badass Thorn Whip. I throw it behind us, and the fire starts consuming it. I don't know at what rate, Joe. You, you turn around too quick for, to actually tell. But oh, okay. 
because you're still running through the forest. <laughs> you are next, Arik. I am going to, I guess, just do another uh, acrobatics check. Having gotten into my like survival mode, not really, not really actively front of the brain thinking, just kind of letting my instincts take over, should be more successful this time. And I rolled a 16. You're still just flowing through the woods. You're like water going through rocks. It's incredible to behold. Elris, you are up. Okay, I'm going to be risky. I'm going to try to to acrobatics to try to try to keep up. 19 plus 1. Hey, look at that. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead and explain how this looks to the audience. Well, so after taking a little bit of time to sort of survey the fire, realizing that it's not something I've ever had to deal with, and we might be in more danger than I first realized, also tripped. So now I've, I've sort of gotten up, and I'm, I'm attacking <laughs> this quest with new zeal, if you will. I'm just like, okay, we got to get there. So I just... Pull, go full force into trying to get to Isatalis as quickly as possible. <laughs> so you do kind of a combat roll and you fall down and you're just back up on your feet and leaving. Yep. Grimton. <laughs> Perfect. So you look ahead and you see the edge of Isitalis. Grimton, you've never been here before, but um, parts of the thorn wall that surround Isitalis to offer it protection are billowing with smoke. The fire's already there. Enter the city, uh, you see everywhere is just covered in flames. The thatched roof of the, of the homes on both sides of the river are furiously burning. The wails of the frantic, witnessing their entire lives go up in flames, are piercing through the air. There are screams of terror and heartbreak and anger. Um, and some scenes catch our eye in particular. Oh, we're at, <laughs> we are out of the skill challenge, by the way. Um, Woo! <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you see a long line of people in a fire brigade scooping pails of water from the Charmed River and throwing it onto the Shelter of Spirits. Um, Ulrich, you see Brabach, the half-orc that owns the tavern you frequent. He's struggling against collapsed timbers and rafters to get into his bar. Um, Ulrich, in that same moment, you glance toward your own apartment above the bakery and also see that it's in flames. Um... So too are the thatched walls that are surrounding the city. You turn, turn around just trying to look at everything that's going on. You see people struggling at the entrance, trying to get into the city, hoping to find a sanctuary that doesn't exist. Morlinde, you see elders Cyanidel, Fallhide, and the other elders doing their best to usher people into the Charmed River. Um, the water is packed with the masses whose bobbing foreheads, eyes, and noses can all be seen. Uh, and you all know that at some point, this must be your sanctuary. I guess we're gonna keep this initiative order, and I'm just gonna, we're gonna tackle these little vignettes as 
you wish. If you'd like to just go straight to the river, you're more than welcome to. If any of these other scenes are things that you want to get involved in, you're welcome to do that too. So we're at Morlinde. Well, I see everything that you were talking about, and right now I'm going to uh, run up to the elders and try and discern what the heck is going on um, and how this fire spread so fast, because I was under the impression that the fire started at the camp, and that the fire was spreading to Isotalos, but it couldn't have already got there. So I want to go talk to the elders real quick. And I mean real quick. <laughs> to any... Elder in particular, or just whoever I get first. We're going to have you run up to Bria Amakir, who's one of the elven elders that actually voted against Isatalis coming. And she says, "We, we, we don't know what's going on. Just get people into the into the river. We saw smoke and we heard screaming in the distance, and this is all just so sudden. The everything is, and we're trying to put out the fires and the shelters." Spirits, we've already collected some of the ritual garbs from it. This is all just, oh my god, oh my god. That's that's not correct. Uh-huh. Oh, the spirits are the spirits. <laughs> She's yelling to the crowd. It's like, get in the water, get in the water, and trying to usher people in. And we're going to go to Arik now. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to turn to Elaris and yell at him to go start uh, to take Grimton with him and go start taking the people that are, like, trying to get in through the, the gate that is collapsing and, like, just shoving okay. them into the river, essentially. Yeah. Or, you know, ushering them politely <laughs> or whatever whatever is necessary. Um, so I yell at them yeah. to do that. Yeah. Elleris, Grimton, go to the gate. Get those people into the water. I'm going over here to save this man, and I'm pointing at um, Brabek because I'm about to go try and convince him to get away from his shop. And so I, like, jog over there. Is he, like... Uh, doing anything or saying anything when I arrive? He's he's struggling against uh, the timbers of his bar. He's, uh, like, it's obviously on fire. He's taking a whole bunch of damage uh, right now. He's already covered in burns. But he says, Ulrich, my letter of citizenship is in there. I have to get it. Isatalus is my home. I don't care if the bar burns, but I cannot leave this place. Okay, I'll do what I can, but I need you to get into the river. I will I will stay here. Get into the river. It wasn't a request. Are you going to get it? If I can. I'm not going to die doing it, but I will do what I can. Then I cannot let you. We will do it together. Absolutely not. In that case, you're going to have to give me a persuasion check or a deception check, depending on what you want to do here. I'd say it's charisma anyway. That didn't work. I realize that I'm not going to be able to succeed at convincing him he can't do this. And I say, okay, just stay close to me. All right, and so you head into the fire? I head into the fire. He is trying to move timbers out of the way, and you're able to, like, slip in deeper into the flames, right? Right. Um, And he, he yells at you through the fire. He says it's next to my bed, next to the bedside on the top floor. Okay, I'd like to lithely bound up the stairs. Okay, uh, yeah, go ahead and give me an acrobatics roll to avoid the flames and the holes piercing through the flames. Woo! I rolled 22. You get up there, um, roll an investigation check. 17. His, his bed is on fire, but the uh, end table next to it is uh, still holding okay, and you 
open the drawer and grab the, his papers and all of a sudden the floor drops out from underneath you. Give me a um, dex saving throw. 22. <laughs> and you, you somehow are okay. <laughs> uh, you, you fall uh, very lightly and are quickly getting up. However, you do see that uh, from that, a, a rafter has crushed Bravok across his chest, and he's pinned to the ground now. Okay. Give me some sort of check. I'm going to call it sleight of hand, because here's okay. what I'm going to do. It's multi-step, but I'm going to need to do it quickly. Um, I, I assume the rafter is quite heavy. Yep, that's fair. Um, he's also struggling against it with you, by the way. So what I'm going to do is take out rope, which I know I have. What I'm going to attempt to do is quickly like tie a knot around the rafter and then like eyeball the best looking one hopefully that's not on fire and do a, like a, essentially a basic pulley the major issue that i see with this plan is the amount of time that it takes bravik's going to be taking some serious uh burn damage from this okay and so it's going to have to be a really good sleight of hand roll okay instead of like trying to like make a like i said a basic pulley and i just like got the rope around it and then essentially made it easier for me to pull would that reduce time sure damn my crit failed <laughs> Robert is screaming in pain as uh the fire <laughs> is surrounding him and he's taking a substantial amount of damage the rope is uh also being affected by the flame and it just breaks in your hand uh so now you're left in the same position. Go ahead and give me a another roll. And he, he's he's still trying to push the to to push this thing up. In a small bit of not uh, not small actually a bit of anger, frustration, and just like again that sort of survival instinct. Um, I'm gonna basically just like attempt to deadlift this. <laughs> Uh, rafter, at least the enough of it to where he can can sort of sidle out. So I was thinking athletics. Yeah, go for it. I rolled a fifteen. And your combined strength with he and you working together, you're able to uh, lift it up enough for him to quickly slip out. And uh, <laughs> as you do that, and you're running from the flames, uh, Bravo's respite, the bar just collapses. But we made it out okay. And you barely made it out on time. And as you're as you're running, as he's running, I don't know where you're going, but as he's running to the river uh, with his citizenship papers in hand, he, you can tell that he is burned. Like he's scarred. His skin is fleshy and blistered and red, and it looks bad. <laughs> Ellers and Grimton, are you tackling the thorn wall? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the gate at the thorn wall isn't really a gate. It's more just like a hole, uh, maybe a couple of carts wide. And the wall itself is thatch needle and briar. And it's burning on all sides. And uh, the, the middle of the gate is collapsed. There are people that are running from the forest where you had just come from, trying to get to the city, looking for some sort of uh, relief from the flames um, that you don't... You don't know if you could give them that relief in the city. The wall does butt up right against the river. Like, it doesn't cover the river or anything like that. What's impeding the people's way to the river? Is it just, like, rubble or is it a solid wall still? Fire and rubble. 
I'm just gonna try to using tooth kind of as a makeshift fulcrum, try to get as much rubble out of the way. Tooth being your uh, your axe. Uh, my axe, yeah. So it's it's the rubble isn't particularly solid. Like it's it's not stone as much as it is natural like sticks and stuff. So you could straight up chop your way through it like a machete. Doing that instead. Okay. Yeah. Give me a give me an attack roll. That'll be a twenty-three. Awesome. And give me a Constitution saving throw, because the flames are on all sides of you. That's going to be a fifteen. Great. Um, Ellers, you're watching all this happen. Uh, how are you participating? They're basically the the quickest route to the river is the one that's got all the rubble and stuff in the way, no, right? The quickest route into the city is the one that has all the rubble and stuff. Um, okay. These people could actually walk straight. To the river, if they wanted to. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to persuade people to just go to the river. Give me that roll. Sixteen. Perfect. Uh, so, uh, they they listen to you, and they all agree, and they start um, flocking to the r- river and getting in, and um, they're safe. Yay! <laughs> you did it. You saved Yay. the people. We're Back up to Morlinda, your vignettes. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you? Um, well, I'm going to do my job and pray. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, give me a religion check. Yeah. Um, eh, 14. What do you say? Do you have anything that you as, as Sarah have to say, or do you just want to... Uh, keep it internal and therefore no dialogue um, or what no right now i want to focus on the safety of the um of the citizens of the forest um both human and animal um because okay. it, this just happens so fast usually animals can like run off but now but like i don't know if we could so <clears throat> right. um the first i really want to pray to is the everflame because this fire is destroying the forest and everything in it. It seems unnatural, and I don't think this is a normal forest fire. Because normal forest fires are natural, and they are okay, and it's an okay way for things to, to die and come back. But right now, this is just destructive. So I'm going to pray to the Everflame that it can, like, die down. So in your prayer to, to Everflame... You realize that this is Everflame. Oh, God. I mean, spirits. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you that don't know, Everflame is um, normally ensures that flames like lanterns and campfires and candles die out quickly to make sure that like they don't cause any wanton destruction or pain. But Everflame also cleanses it's it sometimes whips on other flames in order to destroy and create new life um if you're familiar with christian mythology think god noah and the great flood like it's to cause destruction in order to uh wipe the slate clean and start afresh and so that's what's going on here oh my okay um Go ahead and give me a will save. Let me try that again. Oh, man. It's not going to make it whatever it is. I don't know where my will is on this character. But it's real low, so. Wisdom? 
It would be wisdom. Yeah, I forgot. Wisdom. <laughs> Sorry, used to forty. Still, just nine. Yeah. Like... So, uncovering this knowledge puts you in shock. Normally, you you'd be able to uh, kind of take things as they come and process it, but this kind of destroys your understanding of, of Everflame and of the way that Primal Spirit should act and uh, theoretically what should be going on in the spiritual world and how the spiritual world relates to nature. But this is beyond all of that. Now that now that I've safely made it out, relatively safely made it out of um, Bravik's respite, I'd like to. I feel it's important to meet up with someone else uh, in the Warden Scout. <laughs> like, try and find another one. Um, okay. And so I do want to take a second to like quickly observe where everyone was that that I was with, so Morlinde, Grimton, and Elris, and just like make a note of where they are. Um, okay. And so I just kind of see them doing what they're doing. And then I'd like to, without venturing too far, see if I can find another Warden Scout. Yeah, give me a perception check just to, to scope it all out. Rolled a five. Yeah, you don't see anybody. Uh, you you see a whole bunch of people, like, running and screaming and, like, trying to get into their homes and get out of their homes. And uh, people crying out for family members. And in this chaos, who knows? Like, your, your scouts could be there, but, like, you see none of them in uh, the throng of people. Then uh, in the thronging masses, I'm going to do my best to just direct traffic, yeah, gently okay. shoving people toward where they need to go and away from their burning homes um, and yelling at them to go get into the river. Yeah, perfect. Uh, give me a persuasion check. God dang it! I rolled a three. I rolled two, it becomes three. <laughs> um... So it's not that you're doing a bad job persuading people. It's just that everybody else is so caught up with uh, the f fanatic reaction to this horrible, horrible thing that's happening to Isitalis right now uh, that they're they're uninterested in you. Um, let's see. Uh, Elleris and Grimton, are you still working together or... Have you abandoned that project? So we've basically got all the people ushering towards the river at this point, right? That like that we're coming in through that gate. Yes. Okay. Then I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna look around and see if there's anyone else that's in more immediate, like needs more immediate help. You do see a long line of people in a uh, in a fire brigade passing pails of water. Uh, they are trying to put out the fire of a uh, low stone structure. Uh, that's near-ish the water. Uh, if you'd like to go help them out, Elris. I don't, I don't think me adding to that line is probably going to do much. Like, I think they've probably got it as much as they're going to get it. I don't think... Okay. Grimton, do you have any thoughts to add into this? Is that the only other group of people that need help from where I'm standing that I can see? I mean, you see, you see plenty of people just screaming and running, and uh, at this point, the flames are getting very very tall and burning very very hotly hotly 
with with great heat. <laughs> Hotly is a word. And people are starting to resolve that they need to enter the river and seek protection. They're starting to come to terms out of uh, a desire for personal safety <laughs> um, that they need to take some, some sort of shelter. I'm going to run towards the people uh, in the low stone structure. And as I'm running, getting closer to them, yell, um, what's in here that's worth saving? Is it worth your lives? This is the shelter of spirits. This is worth everything. And you don't know what the shelter of spirits is, but it's obviously extremely important to these people. If you want them to abandon their project, uh, give me a persuasion roll and also add advantage because the flames are getting pretty damn hot. All right. Ooh. I guess for those listening, my first roll was a two. Uh-huh, go on. But my second roll was a crit. Yeah! Critical success? Yes. Boom. Perfect. <laughs> so, so they hear they hear you explain this and they and they look at the fire and realize that there's there's no saving anything at this point. It the the flames are going to continue uh, to destroy everything regardless of their futile attempts. Eventually the heat of it all is just too much you as individuals each know that you cannot fight them. Hey friends, it's Joe, and it's great to have you here for episode four. Um, the work from this session was absolutely incredible. It was fun to write and recording with the cast and listening to their reactions as this story we're telling together really picks up in intensity. Oh, it's just absolutely magical. It's moments like this that really get me into role-playing games. And I know that all of us are overjoyed to be able to share it with you. Before I lose a good moment to do so, I need to pause and take a sec to thank all the people that have really helped make the show possible. This includes folks like Daniel Grayling, who did all of our graphic work, um, Blake Bost, who composed the incredible soundtrack to help us tell the story and whose portfolio of music can be found at soundcloud.com slash Blake Bost. Uh, there's Justin Riley, who's always eager and willing to give advice on production and editing to me when I'm struggling. You can listen to his own edited content on the D&D podcast adventure from the Talking Comics Network and follow his Twitter at J-D-E Riley. That's J-D-E-R-E-I-L-L-Y. Our website was done with the help of Labor of Love Graphics, who you can find at laboroflovegraphics.com. Um, our website has maps and location details, bios on the cast and the characters, as well as links to custom tabletop minis from Hero Forge. If you want to have our dear half-elf wizard, Alaris Geldream, on your own game board. Um, Advantage is also on social media. Our handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr are all at AdvantageDND. 
Um, we've been known to do live videos during recording sessions using Periscope so you can see our beautiful faces and ask us questions as we struggle to set up microphones. It's worth reminding you that here in a couple episodes at the end of the exposition, we're hoping to do a mailbag. So send us any questions you have about the show, the characters, and the cast, and we're just going to sit down together and answer them all. If you're brave and would like to record a question and send it to us, all you have to do is pop open that voice recording app on your phone and then email us the file to advantagednd at gmail.com. We are already blown away from the support we've received so far. Yessi, Zach, Sarah, Steven, and I are all just stunned by fan art and tweets from the audience. Just, wow. Thank you for being invested in our story. We hope that we can continue to grow that audience and community, so be sure to subscribe to our show and rate Advantage on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, or wherever it is that you're tuning in from. Thank you. in horror as Isatalos slowly turns to ash. The flames burn brighter, hotter, and now the inferno whips across the canopies of the trees, alive and hungry. The monster takes all that is sacred about this space, its history, its people, its lives, and casts it helplessly into the sky, burning red before settling as white ash on the still-flowing Charmed River. The unfettered flames leap from home to home, devouring them leaving behind charred remains. Only gnawed bodies are left in its wake. The soul of the city cries out, eaten alive, taken before its time. There are people, friends, relatives, trapped in the belly of the beast as it climbs higher and higher into the sky. You cannot see Isatelus through the thick wall of flame. The great orange body surrounds you. You, too, should be consumed, and you feel the anger of the blaze as it surges to pierce your cool armor. Its red-hot gaze burns directly into your soul. The beast calls, grinning, tempting you out of safety, hoping to draw you out of the protection, but the river does not let you go. When finally, after hours, the monster can find nothing left to consume, it disappears into smoke. In every direction, the trees that sheltered so many under their sprawling canopies of bright green leaves are now lifeless, black posts. The sun Unfettered, casts an eerie gray-green light through the smoke upon the ground thick with ash. The coppice and underbrush are gone. The ground is empty, barren, gray, and lifeless. The huddled masses begin to wade up from the water into a graveyard of their own lives, collapsing in agony from exhaustion and then the screaming out in pain of the still-hot embers. Like the gaunt, skeletal body of the trees, the people, too, reach out to the sky, searching for wholeness. 
and ash clings to their wet bodies as it falls from the heavens in reply, slowly turning the entire world into black, white, and gray, void of any color. You are shaking, surrounded by a world of death. All that is left of the homes that were built here are their collapsed stone walls, charred black. The Grand Council Valley is littered with soot, the shelter of spirits, once a hallowed space where the primal energies were tangible and their wisdom was spoken, is now hollow and voiceless. They are husks, shells, corpses of their former glories. It is a skeleton left behind from the hungry, fiery monster that consumed it. Give me your most vulnerable emotional reactions as you wade up from the water into this vacant landscape. I really want you to peel back the layers here. What are your fears? What are your thoughts going through your head? As characters? As characters, yeah. This is all like internal processing. You don't have to say it out loud as characters, but I, do, I am interested in hearing your thoughts. So Alaris is basically, there's a lot going through. Like he... He sort of sees this as like missing an oppor- like a big opportunity because they didn't even make it to Isitalis before all this stuff went down, and now he feels like he can't do what he set out to do, which was become a, like try to become a part of this community and learn learn more. But at the same time, he also feels like he doesn't just doesn't understand what what was going on and how this could happen just all of a sudden. He's just kind of in shock. He just doesn't understand. For for Arik. They kind of notice, like, they're faintly aware of the maybe larger implications of a fire, particularly based on who started it, but that's really far from Ulrich's he's really concerned with. All, all of his emotional energy is being sucked towards the idea that he has lost another home, somewhere where he felt a sense of community and, and, and cared uh, cared about the people around him and like the physical space, you know, it represented a new start, uh, a new chance for home and it's now gone again. But the way he reacts to this isn't like immediate deep sorrow. It's the kind of apathetic numb to it. It's just like everything's shut down. Those thoughts are going in there and they will, and like something has cracked a little bit. He was already like mild, only really mildly concerned. Sorry, he, they, Alric was uh, already only mildly concerned with the gods or the spirits, respectively. Arik wasn't necessarily devoutly religious or devoutly spiritual, but they now feel even farther removed from really either side. Arik feels almost forsaken by whatever powers may be. As Grimton was in the river, his like initial reaction was just complete and utter like all-consuming anger he was seething because he feels like he could have done more and he feels like there were definitely people that got hurt or killed that he could have helped in that fire and as he's pulling himself out of the river he looks around at everybody most of them mourning some like happy to see loved ones alive and he starts to realize that he knows none of these people and he's very far from his home. So he's very like separated from all this like sorrow and happiness. He reaches down and like 
touches some of the still warm ground and takes a seat and just kind of lets everyone go on about their sorrow and their lamentations. Did he just say the title of the show? What? Yay, advantage.